Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. Turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs as we begin this morning. Proverbs 2.1 says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Amen? I believe that God, what he's done before, he will do it again, and that we'll see it come to pass when we have wisdom. Welcome, Church Family. I'm Eric, one of the pastors here. To everyone online, to, to everyone at Everglades Correctional, if you're a guest today, I'm so glad you're here. I want to ask this question as we begin. I want to know, where do you get wisdom from? Now, we, we read, okay, God gives wisdom. I'm saying, where do you get wisdom from? Is, is it from uh, influencers? Was it from television? Was it from something you heard before or a sign that you saw at Hobby Lobby? You know, when we're young, a lot of us, we look up to our parents as the source of wisdom, right? We think our parents are wise. And then kids turn 13, and then they think they know better than you. That's a sermon for a different day. But uh, a few weeks ago, I'm sitting with my kids, and they're helping me fold laundry. And to pass the time as we're looking for matching socks, three little kids, and, and like we have to buy different color socks just so it makes sense, my daughter, Emma, she asked me, Dad, do you know what one times two is? I said, yeah, it's two. What about two times two? I said, it's four. Four times two. Eight. Eight times two. Sixteen. So I just kept on saying, 32, 64, 128, 256, 512, 1024, 2048. And when I said that, my young, my young son, Everett, he's five, he's like, Dad, how do you know that? That's so amazing. And my daughter, bless her heart, my daughter said, Everett, it's because Daddy is wise. I know, I know, but it's like, it's not really because I'm wise, it's more because I'm a dork, I'm a nerd, and like, I just know that the progression of memory in, in you know, in RAM, uh, on your video card at home, on your computer, it doubles like that by a factor of two. If she would have asked me what 2048 times two was, I would have actually had to do some math in my mind because I only memorized up to that point, and I'm not the type of Asian where math comes easily for me. So, my kids think that I'm wise because I know things that they don't know. But the reality is, wisdom isn't about information or intellect. And the reason I share that is because as I've been preparing for this series in Proverbs, I've been noticing a lot of things in my life that this going back and forth between trying to be wise and doing and saying dumb things. So we're in this teaching series called Wise Dumb, and we're looking at the book of Proverbs together as a church family. In fact, we're reading it together. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and in the 31 days in between the Sundays of this teaching series, we're reading a proverb a day. Now, we talked about this last week. The purpose of Proverbs is to give us wisdom. 
is to help us to grow in wisdom so we can make wise decisions. God, he, he knows everything. He's created everything. And God wants to give to us an understanding of how everything works. And, and that's the purpose of Proverbs. But the pathway, the pathway for this to be accomplished happens in two parts. The first thing is this. The story of Proverbs is a story of a wise father. We see the first nine chapters. And some of you, you noticed this week while we were studying Proverbs, like, where are these comparisons? It's like a father talking to his son. The first nine chapters, we see this father pleading to his son, learn wisdom. If you get anything, get wisdom because it will protect you. That's the purpose of Proverbs. And I understand that as a parent. I want to protect my children. I want to teach my children to make wise decisions in this life. I want to keep them from doing the dumb things that their dad did growing up. Anyone grateful that there weren't cell phone cameras when you were growing up? Amen. Like, I see what my kids do, and I'm like, I I was dumber than you. But it wasn't caught on camera, and it wasn't posted up on social media to be there forever and for all the world to see. So I want to protect my children from making the foolish decisions and, and the mistakes that I made. I want them to have wisdom. I want wisdom to protect them. And so over and over in the first nine chapters, you see this father pleading to his son, get wisdom. It will protect you. Proverbs 2.10, it says, For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant for your soul. Discretion, it will watch over you. Understanding is going to guard you. It's going to protect you, delivering you from the way of evil. That's the first nine chapters. And as we read this week from from chapters 10 and on, there's some 600 comparisons between what is wise and what is foolish. See, because wisdom is the antithesis of foolishness. And if we can illuminate what is dumb, it'll help us to better understand wisdom. So I've titled today's teaching, How to Identify Dumb. You can write that down in your notes. I encourage you to take notes today. How to Identify Dumb. And what I want to do over the next several minutes is to, to see what a fool looks like. Some of you are like, I know what a fool looks like. I came with a fool today. Did anyone come with a fool? Don't raise your hand. Don't elbow them, okay? Let me tell you what you're going to be tempted to do today. We're going to be talking. We're going to be hearing some things that are going to be hard for some of us. And what you're going to be tempted to do is you're going to be tempted to think that this message, this teaching, is for someone else. This is for that foolish person in my home. This is for my boss at work. That's what you're going to be tempted to do. And I'll say this. They probably are foolish, This is the perfect place for imperfect people, right? All of us, we are dumb to some degree. But what I want to challenge you to do is not to be tempted to think of someone else. I want to challenge us to think about ourselves. And as as this teaching is being sent out, that, that we would stop and we would ask the Holy Spirit, will you show me where I'm unwise? That we begin to ask him even now, will you help me to see the dumb things that I've done in my life and help me to overcome them? Because the Holy Spirit, he wants to talk to us today. And when we're honest about that, when we look internally to, to, to ask the Spirit of God, where do I need to grow? What wisdom do I need to get in what areas? I'm telling you, when we're honest about that and we put it into practice, there will be 
transformation. Amen? Anybody want to be set free from dumb decisions? Turn to someone right now. Tell them he's talking to me. He may be talking about you, but he's talking to me. Amen? Now, what's the beginning of wisdom? We talked about this last week. What's the beginning of wisdom? Listen, if you don't know the answer, look to your neighbor and cheat, okay? The beginning of wisdom was the fear of the Lord. That's where it all begins with wisdom. Let me tell you where it all begins with foolishness. Write this down in your notes. The foundation of foolishness is pride. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Foolishness has its foundation. Everything that is foolish is built upon pride. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before the destruction and haughtiness and arrogance and, and, and thinking you're better than yourself goes before a fall. Pride is the first sin and it is serious. In Isaiah chapter 14, it tells us that Satan was cast out of heaven because of his pride. He believed that he was worthy to be worshipped. He believed that he didn't have to follow God's word and God's will and God's ways, and he was cast out of heaven. And then Satan tempted the very first family with what? We don't need God's. He got them to believe that they could be like God, which is pride. And what did that lead to? The fall of mankind. Pride is not good. Listen, God, God created you, an original masterpiece. And it's okay for us to understand that. It's okay for us to be aware of how he's created and gifted us. That's not what pride is. I want you to write this down. Here's what pride is. Pride is an overinflation and overestimation of our character and our contribution. Let me say that again. Don't miss this. Pride is an overinflation. It's bigger than it needs to be, an overestimation, I think I'm more than I am, of our character, of how good we are and our contribution, of how good we are in what we do. Pride is essentially self-worship. It's taking credit for something God has done. It's saying, I don't need God. God didn't do that. I did that. I was the one who put in the time. I was the one who took the test. I did that. I don't need God's. I don't need his ways. I got this myself. I got this on my own. And that is pride. And pride is serious. It's so serious. The Bible says God hates pride. Does God hate? Absolutely. And he hates pride. Proverbs 8.13 all who fear the Lord will hate evil. That's what wisdom has. Wisdom says, I'm not going to love and approve of things that are wicked. So all who fear the Lord will hate evil. And now the Father speaking. He says, therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speak. But in our culture, in our culture, we celebrate pride, don't we? It's, it's, it's not a vice, it's a virtue in our culture. And anyone who has pride, we, we lift them up and we say, if you just had more pride in yourself, you would be far more successful. Now, it may be true for a while, but, but pride will 
ultimately lead to a fall. If you just have more pride in yourself, you'll be successful. Here's another way of saying that. If we're just a little bit more like Satan, then we'll be successful. And that's a lie. C.S. Lewis, he calls pride the mother of all sins. He calls it the mother of all sins because within pride, it's pregnant with, with all the potential to produce every other type of sin. When we have pride and we're saying, I got it. I got this. I don't need anyone else. So it doesn't matter what I think about you. It doesn't matter what I don't think about you. It doesn't matter what I do to you or do to get what I want in this life. And when we have this, this, this idea of pride and this character of pride, it leads to all types of, of dumb and destructive decisions, right? We all know someone who, who thinks too much of themselves and what happens eventually, every single time, there is a fall. Do you hear this? If, if pride caused a host of heaven to be cast down, how much more will pride affect your home? How much more will pride and dumb decisions and foolishness affect your life? So here's what I want to do today in the remainder of our time. I want us to identify dumb. I want to look at dumb decisions that foolish people do so we can learn from it and not do it. Amen? Three things today I want to talk about. Three things that fools don't do. The first thing is this. Write this down. Learn. Fools don't learn. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools don't learn. This past week, I was out at a pastors and church planners conference. I, I go there a few times a year to coach some church planners and to teach them and to help them to grow. And so there's about 100 pastors and church planners in Phoenix, Arizona this past Monday through Wednesday. And a lot of them were fools. Let me tell you why. Just imagine yourself being in, in, in an environment with people from different backgrounds people from different experiences, people with different challenges, and people with different success. And you're surrounded by all of these people, and you don't ask any questions. You just stare at your phone the entire time. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says that, that, that there's no temptation that is uncommon to man, meaning We've all gone through the same things. Ecclesiastes says that there's nothing new underneath the sun. What you are going through, the challenge that you're facing in this season, it may be significant, but someone else has gone through it and got through it. And so you have all these people with problems in their life. They've come to be encouraged. They've come to be strengthened. They've come to get some help, but they're not listening. They're not asking questions. They're not seeking someone who's gone through what they've gone through and said, how did you go through that? How did you get through that? Well, how did you grow from this challenge in your life? Instead, they're talking about their fantasy football teams and what's the best taco in town. Now, I want to make this clear. It's not sinful, right? It's not sinful. Not everything foolish is sinful. 
Just think of like a teenage boy. There's so many examples, right? Like they're not necessarily wicked, but they do a lot of dumb things that leave them hurt. They jump off buildings, they blow things up, they throw sharp objects at one another. It's not sinful that they weren't learning, but it's not wise, is it? It's foolish. They didn't ask for help. And that's prideful. Pride won't let you learn what God wants you to learn. You can give a fool a book and they're not going to read it. Because they think, I don't need it. I already know this. I got this. Pride will keep you from asking for assistance for someone that God has set aside to grow you, to advance you, to help you. I don't want to ask the questions. But let me tell you, those who are wise, they love to learn. Those who are wise, they have a hunger and they have a thirst to learn. Wise people, they they come to a place prepared to learn. When the wisdom of God is being taught, wise people take notes. They don't come and say, you know what, I'll remember all this. They don't come to a place where God is trying to teach and say, I already know all this, or, or, or I don't need this. No, they know that there's still a work in progress. And they know that God has given us opportunities where we can learn and grow. And so they take notes. They realize that I'm constantly learning and I constantly have the ability to to be developed and they're humble enough to know that they need it. Wise people love learning. And wise people know that, that God's word, it's the ultimate source of godly wisdom. They know that God's word is is what he's given to us to grow us. Remember, this isn't street smarts we're talking about. This isn't simple common sense. This is supernatural wisdom on how all things understand and how to navigate through every season of our life. This is the wisdom God wants to give us. Proverbs 2.3. So it says, it says, cry out for insight. And ask for understanding. Verse 5. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. And you will gain knowledge from God. For the Lord grants wisdom. And from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. See what God says in his word will give us wisdom. What are we doing with it? Is it just going in one ear out the other? Are you just posting it on social media but not applying it to your life? And you want wisdom, ask for it. And God will say, look at my word. Pick up a Bible. Read it. Apply it. And God will grow your wisdom. You want to be wise? Pick up a book and learn some things that you need to learn to go through what you're going through. You want wisdom? Pick up the phone and pick someone's brain. One of the wisest men that I know is my pastor, Pastor Dan Sutherland. And he's told me this many times over the past five years. He's told me this proverb that I want to share with you today, okay? It's not in the notes, but I want you to write this down. This is a proverb that my pastor has shared to me many times before when I'm going through a difficult situation. He says, let someone else pay your dumb tax. 
Now, he didn't say, let someone else pay your dumb tax. Like, you know, taxes are dumb. Let, let someone else pay it. The IRS will come after you. It is foolish not to pay your taxes. He's saying, let someone else pay your dumb tax. Let someone else make the mistakes for you. Don't learn from consequence. Learn from wisdom. I like the way Pastor Brian says it here. He says, life is too short to make all your own dumb decisions. Learn. Learn from someone else. And I, I want to pause right here because I, I, get, I get why some of us, we don't like to learn. Why some of us don't like to ask questions. A lot of times it, it comes from shame. You just, you don't want people to know that, that you really are dumb. <laughs> and that, that, that you don't know what you're doing. I was there. Many times I kept my mouth closed. I didn't ask questions because, but I'm a pastor. I should know these things. I don't want people to know that I don't know these things. And that's foolishness and that's pride. And other times it comes from pride. Like, I, I don't need to know this. I'm better. I'm smarter than you. I got this on my own. That's pride. Fools are full of pride and fools don't learn. Here's the second thing that fools don't do. Write this down in your notes. Fools don't listen. Fools don't learn and fools don't listen. Proverbs 18, 2. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. What it's saying is that a fool only likes to hear their own voice. They don't like listening to other people, but they do like the sound of their voice. They don't want to hear to understand because they think they understand it. They want to tell other people how it really works. No, no, let, let me stop you. This is really the situation. This is really what it's about. And again, where does it come from? The foundation of foolishness is, is pride. It comes from a place of, of what you're saying I don't need. What you're saying, you're saying wrong. What you're saying is not important to me, and so I don't need to listen. And so a fool is someone who dominates conversations. You know someone like that? It's us he's talking to, okay? Don't think of them. A fool is someone who gets loud and overtalks in conversations. And the only time they're quiet isn't to listen. The only time they're quiet is them thinking about what they're going to say next, right? Again, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. Let me tell you, no one gets more convicted in my teaching greater than me. There have been seasons in my life where I have seen success and now because of that, I don't think I need to listen to other people. There's been seasons of pride in my life where my wife and I, we don't see eye to eye on some things. And because I have seen success, when she starts talking, I start talking louder than her. When she tries to explain why her point of view is the way that it is, I'm saying, you don't understand, you don't know, and I walk out of the room. I don't need this. And I can sense from all the ladies right now, that's foolish. You're dumb. I know. Because I wasn't willing to listen, we couldn't reach an understanding. It's dumb to not listen. It's disastrous not to listen. It's pride. Let me stop airing out my dirty laundry and, and let me say something for someone today, 
The reason why counseling doesn't work for some people here is because of your pride. Because you don't want to listen. I used to go to counseling, but I quit because it doesn't work. Really? All counseling doesn't work? Everyone else is wrong and you're right? It may be because you're looking for someone not to help you. You're looking for someone to agree with you. It may be because you're not listening for truth. You just want someone to listen to you and to affirm your truth. To affirm what you've already established is right in your mind. And this is why some counseling doesn't work. And this is why some financial advisors can't reach you. And this is why some pastors can't teach you. Because it's pride. Fools don't listen. Let's go back to Proverbs 2.1. It says, my child, listen. Say listen. Listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears. Listen to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Verse 5 again. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge. Not street smarts, but knowledge from God. For the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth. Come knowledge and understanding. See, it's not just with people. It's also in prayer. Fools don't listen to God in prayer. You may come to God and you may give your stuff to God, but fools don't stay and listen. Well, I prayed about things and, and it didn't work. How do you know it didn't work? How do you know God wasn't speaking to you? Did you stay and listen to him? Or were you just waiting for something to happen? Or were you, were you praying and then you went out and you worked what you wanted to do? I prayed and then I went and did it. It's because we're not willing to listen. You know, God speaks. And I wonder, I wonder how many times God is waiting for us in prayer to close our mouths and to open our ears to hear his still, small voice speak to us. When we're wise, we, we, we learn and we listen to God's words. But when we pray and we listen after we prayed, here's what happens. This is not me saying it, this is God's word. The Holy Spirit will speak. The Holy Spirit will remind you of what you've learned in God's word. John 14, 28, Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He's going to grow you. He's going to give you wisdom, and he'll bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Let me make this real practical. If you are having a difficult time closing your mouth and opening up your ears, let me tell you something that my therapist told me to put into practice, okay? And I'm not going to charge you for this. This is free. This is on the house. If you're having a difficult time listening and talking too much, this is what you do. Write this down in your notes. Pause, then pray. Simple. Let me tell you, that has saved me from a lot of dumb decisions. Pause, then pray. If someone's trying to teach you, if someone is challenging you and it doesn't make you feel good because there's some pride within you, pause. Stop before you say something you can't take back and pray. 
Holy Spirit, help me to have wisdom right now. Help me to understand what you want me to have. And if it's not from you, let it fall to the wayside. But if it's you, I want my heart to be fertile soil. Pause, then pray. And, and even when you're, when you're praying to God, after you've prayed, pause before you pray again. After you've cast your cares upon him, pause and, and listen. Tell us, if we can put that into practice, God will give us his word. He'll remind us of his word, and we will grow in wisdom. Wise people learn. Wise people listen. Fools don't. Third and final thing. Here's what fools don't do. You're being convicted right now? If you're thinking of someone else, you're missing the points about you. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you today. Here's the third thing fools don't do. Fools don't look. They don't learn. They don't listen. They don't look. Proverbs 2, 4 says, search. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek. Seek them like hidden treasures. you got to look. It's not obvious. It's not going to hit you in the face every single time so easily. You have to search. You have to seek. You have to look. Then you will gain understanding of what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. Follower of Jesus, familia, don't think that just because you're walking with God, you know everything there is to know about your life. We all have blind spots. Every morning I wake up and, and I put my phone to the back of my head when I'm looking in the mirror because I'm getting gray hair and I sleep and I, I, I can't see back here. Right? We don't have eyes all around us in ourselves, but God has surrounded us with eyes that can encourage and build us up. He's given us people because we don't always see the blind spots around us. But fools, fools, fools never stop to look. Fools don't ask for help. They don't look for help. They don't look around to the situation around them. They don't look around to, to the state of what's happening around them. They just speed forward. They only see what they want to see that's ahead. Proverbs 14, 16. It says, the wise are cautious and avoid danger. But fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. I love that. They plunge ahead with reckless confidence. A few weeks ago, my friend Micah McElveen was here. The first time I was here, he shared his story that when he was young and foolish, one day his parents dropped him off at the beach and he saw all these waves and he's like, I got to get in that. And so he ran full speed without stopping to look, to observe the situation, and he plunged recklessly into a wave. He didn't realize that the ground was shallow. He didn't realize that if he plunged recklessly, what would happen? And it left him paralyzed. He broke his neck. He died for several minutes. And some of us, we do that. Some of us, we just plunge recklessly. We just run full speed ahead, and we don't look around us. And that's what fools do. The state of a fool's affairs and of their family, oftentimes they're falling apart, but they don't realize the pain they're causing other people. 
They don't realize what they're doing and how it affects those that they love. They just keep on going forward recklessly because they think they're right. It's pride. And the reason why a fool doesn't see is because they don't stop to take a look in the mirror. They have this view of themselves in their mind, but they never stop to look to see who they really are. They never stop to ask important questions of, how do people see me? How do people view what I'm doing right now with my actions? Who am I really? What are the things in my life that I'm ignoring that I need to change or that I need to grow from? A fool doesn't look because the foundation of foolishness is pride. But there's hope today, amen? The solution is the opposite of pride. The solution to the problem of pride is humility. Write this down. The help to overcome our foolishness begins with humility. The help, the hope that God wants to give us so we don't make the dumb decisions we've always have and run and plunge recklessly into danger, the help to overcome our foolishness begins with humility. Again, we're imperfect, right? We all do dumb things, but there's hope for us, and it's found in humility. Proverbs 11.2 says, pride leads to disgrace. Pride leads to to our name being smeared, our reputation being damaged. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. How do we identify pride? You're doing dumb things, right? How do we identify wisdom? Humility. Matthew 23, 11. Jesus said this. He said, the greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The text says that if we want to be great, and it's not wrong to be great, God has called us to great things. But if we want to be great, we have to be, say be, be a servant and humble ourselves. What that means is, Humility is a decision, not a feeling. Humility, it's it's not a characteristic. There aren't some people who are born humble. Humility is a choice. And we see this example in Jesus. Philippians 2.5. Paul says, you must have the same attitude. Say attitude. The same attitude that Jesus had. Listen to this. Though he was God, right? He didn't think of equality as God as something to cling on to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position as a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, verse 8, he humbled himself in obedience to God. And died a criminal's death on the cross. God himself came down to earth. And he let go of his divine attributes. And he humbled himself to die on a cross. 
And we know that that cross is what set us free. We know that the work that Jesus did is what gives us salvation, which gives us a home in heaven forever, which saves us of our sin, which gives us wisdom. But Jesus didn't feel like dying. Father, if you can take this cup away from me, please do it. He didn't feel like dying, but he decided to. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You don't wake up feeling humble. If you do, you're lying. But we, we do wake up and we can make a decision to say, today, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to be obedient to God's word, to God's will, and to God's ways. And, and listen to what happens when we do this. You ready? When we humble ourselves, he lifts us up. When we take the position of a servant, he exalts us. Philippians 2.9 continues, Therefore, because he humbled himself in obedience to God, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. He says, no, my, my name, my name, I'm going to take a step down. I'm going to humble myself to die for the people that I love. And God elevated him, gave him the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want you to hear this. There is a difference between being humbled and for us to be humble. There's a difference for us being humbled and for us to be humble. If, if we have pride in our life, Something will humble us. Pride always precedes a fall. And the reason why is practical. Because we think we don't need help. Because we think we don't need to hear things. Because we think we got it on our own. And when we have pride, something will humble us. Something you can't control will humble you. Whether it's the economy or COVID, that, that humbled all of us. Or a doctor telling you, you feel you're young and, and, and impenetrable. Well, here's the report. But when we humble ourselves, God is the one who lifts us up. When we choose humility, when we are being humble, he exalts, he lifts up. In our culture, it's the opposite. We're prideful. And the culture lifts us up and says, oh, look at them, look at them. But in the kingdom, it's upside down. He's the one that exalts us. How? When we're humble. Turn to someone, tell them right now, I'm humble. I'm humble. Is that how it works? No, no. I want to make this clear. Humility is not a low self-esteem. Remember, pride, it's, it's, an, it's an overinflation. It's an overestimation of our character and our contribution. And, and Humility is not the extreme opposite of that. Low self-esteem is the extreme opposite of that. That's an underinflation, an underestimation. But that's not what humility is. Humility is not a lack of self-awareness. It's not an unwillingness to speak your mind. It's not an unwillingness to use the giftings that God has given you. 
Some were like, man, if that's humility, if I always have to take a step back and say, no, it's okay, I won't say it, and, and not use the gifts that God has given me, that, that doesn't sound like humility. It sounds like humiliation, right? But let's look at Jesus again. The ultimate embodiment of humility. He knew who he was. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He knew why he came. He says, I've come to set the captives free. He had great self-awareness. And he didn't, he didn't refuse to do what God empowered him to do. He often walked around in public settings and gathered crowds and did the supernatural and did the impossible and set people free and cast out demons and raised the dead. He didn't withhold the giftings that God had given him to accomplish the mission. And he spoke his mind. He said, Lazarus, come forward. He spoke boldly. He said, Peter, you're being dumb right now. He said, you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Jesus is the ultimate example of humility. So what is humility then? Again, it, it's not saying you're nothing. It's not self-loathing. It's not a lack of self-confidence. Write this down, final point. Humility is a modest view of my importance that leads to an unending appreciation of God. Humility is a modest view of my importance that leads to an unending appreciation of God. It's this. I know who I am because of what you've done, God. I know what I have because it's what you've given to me. I don't know everything, but I'm learning from you. I don't always know what to do, but I'm listening to your spirit to lead me. I don't always know where to go, but I'm looking to your leading. Humility is to always be learning, listening, and looking. Final passage, I love how Paul puts it in Romans 12, three. He says, don't think that you're better than you really are. You're good, God made you to be an original masterpiece. He has called you to do great things, but don't think of yourself better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith that, that I mustered up because I read the Bible so many times, by the faith that I have because I give so much to the church and I'm so generous because I pray every single morning. No, by the faith that what? God has given you. God, you gave it to me. And you're the one who's gonna grow it. That's humility. That's where wisdom develops and that's where God wants to grow us today. So I told us at the beginning of today's teaching, this isn't for someone else, this is for you. What has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you in our time together? What has been revealing and convicting that you need to let go of to Him? That you need to ask for His help? If you're having trouble listening to the, to the voices of other people that love you, if you're having trouble learning because you think you know it all, if you're having difficulty understanding how God has shaped you, or you feel like you have to live a life that, that's pretend so other people can look at you a certain way, or you're refusing to be who God wants you to be, He will give wisdom if we ask him. Fools don't learn 
Fools don't listen. Fools don't look. Let me tell you what wise people do. Wise people let go to God. Thank you for listening to the Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.